Hi, welcome to Short of the Glory. I'm Ellen. I'm Maddie. And we have a bone to pick with religion in America. There's something unsettling about powerful people and religious institutions operating in the shadows despite their large, well-funded following. That's why we want you to join us on our journey to better understand evangelicalism in America. The big names, the big institutions, and the deep pockets. Let's get into it. So Maddie, who are you? My name is Maddie. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. live in Chicago. I've lived here for um, basically a decade. There is some time in Wisconsin. Uh, I'm originally from Minnesota, which is very important to who I am as a human. I love dogs and I love eating and I'm studying to be a therapist. Love it. Yeah. Um, Who are you? Um, I'm Ellen. I am Minneapolis based. I've lived here pretty much my entire life, minus some time in Iowa for college. Uh, I live here with my husband and our dog. Our dogs. We have two. Plural. (laughs) Fozzie and Willow. Uh, Yeah. And I like to eat as well. I love fine beverages. I love both good TV and bad TV. Yeah, reality TV has um, unlocked a new appreciation in my life now for the last, like, two years. Like, I was a total snob about it, and now I'm full send into reality TV. You know, some of my favorite professors in college would talk about how they loved, like, the real housewives because they could be grading papers and watch it and, like, kind of turn their brain off, and it was almost like a mental reset for them. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, you know, if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. Because I am my not intellectual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, like, men have, like, shouting at the TV during sports. I have watching rich w- women uh, have fake fights on TV and throw wine at each other. There's only one franchise that I actually watch, though. Is it Salt Lake City? Because that's the one I want to watch. Yes. It has everything I could ever want. (gasps) Beautiful. Yeah, it's great. All right, what question do you want to do next? How do you know me? Like, how... Oh, yeah, how do you know me? How do you know me? Who this bitch? Um, Who this bitch? (laughs) We are cousins. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a long um. So I've pretty much known you... My whole life. Forever. Yeah. Well, definitely your whole life, because I'm older, but... um, like, I don't remember our first meeting because right. I was bebe. Yeah, we didn't get to see each other much growing up because you lived three hours away from me. But we got to see each other a lot more than I think a lot of cousins do. And in adulthood, have been able to become, like, actual friends, which is very mm-hmm. nice. It's a beautiful thing. It's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you lived in more of a rural area of Minnesota, and I grew up in the suburbs outside of the Twin Cities, and now I live in Minneapolis proper, um, and you live in Chicago. So Mm -hmm. we get to see each other virtually, which is great. Can you tell me a little bit about your religious upbringing? Would love to. Yes. So I came from a rural community in southwest Minnesota. I grew up going to the same church that my dad graduated confirmation from, that our grandfather graduated from his confirmation. Um, it was a, it's called the First Covenant Church. I don't think it, 
It's not called that anymore, but I grew up going to a, an evangelical church rooted in Swedish pietism. Um, <laughs> fun fact. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's just a type of, uh, it's essentially, um, another shoot of, uh, Lutheran theology, I guess is the simplest way. Um, so I grew up going to church. My, I guess my like coming to faith story, my, my come to Jesus moment was, I grew up pretty relig- religious, so I didn't really have that like one moment where I accepted Jesus into my heart. I grew up going to like youth groups and conferences and then eventually went off to a Christian college in Chicago. So yeah, grew up like pretty religious. I described it today as um, we were religious, but I was allowed to wear pants and cut my hair. So that's not super reli- religious, but there's like a fine line. Yeah. <laughs> Not far off. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? What was your um, religious upbringing? So the church that you were raised in was the one that my dad was raised in because our fathers are brothers. <laughs> um, that's how families work. That's how families work. Um, but my parents, when they met, my mom was raised Episcopal. No. My mom, I think, was loosely raised Catholic, sort of. Um, maybe Episcopalian. And then um, when my mother and my father got married, they were looking for a church and they decided on Lutheranism. Um, so they did a lot of church shopping. Uh, but we attended a fairly large um, evangelical Lutheran church. And I, I say evangelical as in like the ELCA, the Evangelical Lutheran Churches of America. It's like a certain I don't know what you would call that, like, Denomination. Denomination, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So I attended a rather large one in the suburbs of Minneapolis. Um, And, yeah, I religion was a very large part of our family. Uh, I wouldn't say... In terms of the church culture, it wasn't as conservative as I think the Covenant Church is, or at least the denomination that we were a part of they were very active in the like wanting to do mission not mission work but like service work Mm -hmm. for marginalized communities um and it's it's become more of that now uh but anyways i i attended church every wednesday and sunday i was involved in youth group in the choir and they did like plays that i think about (laughs) on occasion that like traumatized me and like i'm so embarrassed i have like secondhand embarrassment for myself now yeah um but nobody would remember those um so yeah i (laughs) i would say i was very involved in my church but by like middle school i Middle school and high school, I, like, wanted to go to my friends' other churches because they had, like, cuter boys that played in the band. <laughs> but those churches were a little bit more conservative than the one that I attended. And, yeah, I think some of the messaging there didn't really vibe with what I had been raised with. Mm-hmm. Um, but also our family culture, like, maybe not culture. Our family is a bit more religious than my immediate family, it felt like. Um yeah, the wider. So a lot of the clan. yeah, a lot of the teachings that, or like a lot of the the Christian guilt I feel came more from the extended family than from my actual like church. Mm, I would say that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Or my my like friends Baptist churches. Those. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure some of my religious trauma is from my own church. 
Let's just say that much. It's quite a beast, um, the institution of religion in America, and even specifically evangelicalism. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot going on there. Lots to unpack. Yeah. Did you ever do Awana? No, that was not a thing at my church. Oh, it wasn't a thing at my church. The Baptist church in town did it. And um, our church, it, my church was so small. We basically didn't have a youth group. There were two other kids that were my age. And so we had to go to the other churches. And usually the Baptist church always had the fun activities that were going on. And when I was little, you had to do a wana, which all I remember of it is memorizing Bible verses. But it was kind of like Girl Scouts where you got like a little um, little crystal every time you... Like, were they like to help align your chakras? Like, what kind of crystals are we talking about here? <laughs> I can find the vest I got and show you. I, it's somewhere oh, wait, in so, like, my apartment. They gave you like straight up like Girl Scout attire? Yeah, a red vest with a little crown. Yeah. You get a vest and you have to do recite Bible, Bible verses. verses. Yeah. And then you get a crystal. Yes. And then what does that crystal afford you? Um, once you fill in your little crown, I think you eventually got to some prizes. I could look into it. It might be fun to do an episode on Awana. <laughs> sure. <laughs> we'll see. Um, I used to attend my my neighbors and one of my best friends growing up. Um, they both went to the same Baptist church kind of close to our house. And I would go to their vacation Bible school because they had a carnival and it was really cool. And you just had to like recite Bible verses and then you'd get tickets for free mini donuts. And I was like, this place is awesome. I don't like my church anymore. <laughs> so I go there more frequently. But um, – yeah, it just didn't really vibe with some of the teachings that were being taught compared to what I was seeing in my own church. But yeah, we can talk about that later. <laughs> the episode where we all unpack our religious trauma. Yeah. Call in. A spicy. <laughs> Give us a call. Yeah. Uh, what sort of things have scarred you into adulthood? Um, how would you describe your relationship with religion today? So I think it's like pretty, it feels really complicated for me personally. I, so as I said, I grew up going to church and then went to a Christian college. And then during college and right after college, I started working at a Christian camp. And so my relationship with Jesus was something that was like very integral to my life and my like personal, I guess, it was important to my life. Um, it meant a lot. And as I've gotten older, now I'm in my late 20s, the idea of having a religion or assigning myself as a Christian just feels a lot more weighty to me in a negative sense. So I like to describe that I'm on a break from God, or at least from Christianity in general. Um yeah, so it's like complicated and I could probably ramble on about it for several hours, but I think mm-hmm. that's like the simplest term is just on a break. Okay. So you wouldn't necessarily consider yourself agnostic? No, I don't think so. I think it's too deeply ingrained inside of me to ever yeah. fully go full ag. That's fair. <laughs> um and for those who don't know what agnostic is, means or is, it, it's a belief, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, like belief in a higher being, but not necessarily like a Jesus or a God. It's just like 
Yeah. Some, there's, there's something, like, there is a higher force or a, a larger right. force above us. Um, so it's not, like, full-blown atheists where you're like, we are what we are, we live and we die. Like, mm-hmm. it is what it is. There's still, like, a little bit of that. I don't want to say mysticism. Nor do I want to say mythical, but... <laughs> Spirituality. Yeah, yeah. I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. <laughs> yeah, it's very much that. Um mm-hmm. Okay. So what made you interested in starting this podcast? So I was very religious. Well, I was very religious growing up. I would say I was very religious growing up just because uh, I felt like I had very strong, like a very strong belief system about how I felt the world should be and how people should act based on a lot of the church's teachings. So like no sex before marriage. Um that was probably the main one. <laughs> other um, stuff. Don't steal. Other things. Don't, like, don't be promiscuous in the way that you dress. But I don't know how much of that is church-based and how much of that is very much, like, anti-woman patriarchal structure shit. So, yeah. uh, I think a lot of the decisions I made and how I carried myself or judged other people was based on that belief system. So this is a really long-winded way of me getting to the question that you had asked. Um, In college, I started taking courses in religion, and I went to a private college in Iowa that wasn't religiously based. So we didn't have, like, a specific religion that we were studying. It was kind of all over, which I loved. And the introduction course talked a lot about Hinduism and Buddhism. We talked about, like... um, African religion before colonizers came. We talked about African religion and uh, the mixture of Christianity and a lot of those beliefs. And I kept finding that a lot of the stories related to the teachings that I was raised with. So it didn't seem like Christianity was the one and only. Mm-hmm. Nor do I believe that if somebody has a different religion and lives on the other side of the world that they are wrong and that Christianity is the only thing that's right. Because that's just asinine in my, in my belief. So I had a very, I kept taking more and more courses and finally decided to minor in religion. I would have double majored, but that would require actual focus. Um, and being someone who majored in journalism, I'm a very good question asker and I am very curious. So that just paired nicely with what I was studying outside of my religion courses because it's just like that desire to understand why people act or think a certain way and really wanting to get a better understanding of how the world works and my place in the world. So I've always had an interest in religion and evangelicalism, though I don't feel as though I was super steeped in the culture, I was close enough to it to where I understand how it has affected my life, how it's affected, you know, other people's lives who were more steeped into it. And, like, its effect on our culture in the United States, because Mm -hmm. it is such an American thing, um, and it impacts so much of the way the United, like, the way that we operate in in ways that other more westernized countries or even eastern countries will look at us and be like, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) There's just, you know, there's just so many... It's uniquely American, yeah. Um, 
So I think that's always been an interest of mine. Now, <laughs> this is probably not all the information that you want. Um, one of I the main it. things that I studied in college was cults. Um, I have always had a supreme interest in cults and leaders that manipulate. And I feel like that pairs nicely with a lot of the folks that we're going to talk about. I'm not saying that they are cult leaders, but mm-hmm. the way that they're able to garner a following and kind of um, influence people, uh, that is sort of what led me to wanting to do this. And also knowing your background and um, yeah, just, I think you were the right person to want to do this with. Yeah, I don't remember who started the joke first, but I think it, maybe it was you, but I don't remember what specifically, like, kind of brought it on. But, like, the moment you said it, I was like, should we? <laughs> like, Would a, that a hair to raise? in the air? Yeah. Crazier <laughs> things have been proposed, I'm sure, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yes, there are so many podcasts out there, but I think... What makes it unique, uh, or at least our, I would hope what would make, what will make our show unique is that we're young. We're not two mm-hmm. old white guys. So true. Um, I'm not an expert and I'm curious. <laughs> and I think curiosity is an important piece to all of this because it makes it more approachable for people to kind of question their belief system um, or just look at things in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. So. Yeah. What made you interested in starting this podcast? I've always had like a very deep love of podcasts ever since the release of season one of Serial. Um, (laughs) So I'm a pretty uh, voracious podcast listener. And so I've always loved them. I did try one time like thinking, should I make a podcast about space? That's way too hard. (laughs) Um. What, yeah, kinda, what about space? <laughs> there's so much to know. The great beyond. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as somebody who listens to podcasts, I constantly found myself, especially in the last eight years, ever since the 2016 election, just like wanting to find something that like breaks down these big figures or these big institutions in ways that like podcasts can do really well. And so I think I've, I might have said it in, a, in an episode we've recorded so far, but like I wanted to do this because this is something I want to listen to. And some of my background in terms of, you know, my authority, I guess, air quotes on this subject is I got my master's degree in theological studies, um, graduated in 2019. I wrote a thesis on um, purity culture and did a review of like resources available. And I think that particular study just like revealed so much stuff to me in terms of way my own life has been affected by people I don't know. And just more large, largely my seminary education, I think has, I don't know, in some ways I say it makes me a worse Christian by like the more things I see that I see that are wrong or complicated, or just were never addressed in ways that made sense to me when I was a kid, or even in college. Um, Yeah, so I I just like, felt like I was learning all this cool, exciting stuff, this new way to look at the world. 
and didn't really have a good outlet to like share it essentially. So I was just, (laughs) I was excited. I think like breaking down these topics and these people is just something that more people just need to do and just spend time paying attention to because while it seems like specifically like niche, it's not quite as uh, niche as we think it is. Right. I think that's, and that kind of goes back to my interest in this being someone who loves pop culture. Um, anytime there's the intersection of religion and pop culture, it's like such the sweet spot for me. <laughs> and I, I think as people join us on this journey, they'll begin to understand that, um, you know, it goes beyond like the righteous gemstones and the eyes of Tammy Faye being popular right now. Right. Um, a lot of these prominent figures, <laughs> I don't, I, the tale they were spinning or mm-hmm. kind of the basis of what, uh, they taught or, um, influenced people with is still something that's still super relevant today that we still see talking points being pulled from. So, yeah, I think that's, for people who aren't steeped in the culture or didn't grow up in it, I think it is still going to be educational and, you know, there's going to be like little fun, dumb facts along the way. Because who doesn't love a dumb fact? Yeah. Also, there's just a lot of silliness that can both Mm -hmm. like make you laugh and then make you incredibly angry. Thinking Mm -hmm. about specifically you know, separate from my like Christian background and theological education, I feel like the thing that really set me off in terms of, I guess, being passionate about televangelist types was this hilarious YouTube video I watched of Jim Baker, who we will absolutely talk about someday, and his like telethon where he essentially sells end of days food supplies. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is actually insane. Mm-hmm. This is insane that this man would get up on stage and sell people keys to heaven and yeah. 120 day supplies of rice for the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. So. There'll be a lot of moments where you'll be like, I am shocked that these people were able to crawl back like a cockroach after we thought that they were squashed. Um, there's a lot of phoenixes rising from the ashes, it seems, and a lot of people that haven't been held accountable for things that they should have been. Right. Um, so, what do you hope people will take away from listening to our show? I make this show for my younger self, my 15-year-old self, who was a, a staunch Republican and a Bible literalist who thought that they could maybe argue their way out of evolution. And just, like, the types of people who are like that, who maybe held a belief for a really long time, and the idea of it being questioned is really uncomfortable. So I hope people who really believe in Jesus listen to this, is my hope. (laughs) Not to, like, convince them to not to, but to maybe shed some light on a gospel that they love and appreciate is absolutely being abused and used by people that should not be trusted with the power that comes in these religious communities. And that so many of those people who who are Christians or who want to impact the world in a positive way with their faith can realize that they have like some say in this whole world. 
So yeah, I make this for my 15 year old self and I hope that people listening to it will accept an, a, a new perspective, a, a new little idea, a new morsel of uh, some fun facts in a way that mm-hmm. like doesn't feel like they're being judged or, or condemned because listen, I'm by no means an expert in anything except, I don't know, enjoying back rubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What do you hope people yeah. uh, take away from this show? You know, I hope people find enjoyment out of us dunking on some of these bozos <laughs> oh, that deserve it. Um, I don't know. I think I just – I hmm, that's a really hard question to answer. <laughs> you wrote it down. I know I did. I wrote it down. Um, no, I hope people will take away the importance of some of these topics and just start to um, question the institutions, the people involved. Yeah, I think any situation where people are asking questions and furthering the conversation is a good thing. It's more tools in your toolkit, you know, yeah. as we carry on in this world. Uh, I just hope that this show helps people feel a little less lonely if they've been questioning their faith or if they've felt, you know, shame or guilt because they haven't followed the teachings that they – or, like, the beliefs that they grew up with because I've been there. Um, yeah. I just hope people have fun. <laughs> I just want everyone to get along. No, this podcast I- <laughs> is all about fun. Fun yeah. first. Fun first and then anger second. Anger second and then deep questioning of faith and trauma third. Yeah. But, you know, if you listen, you're not alone. You're with us on this journey. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think it'll be a good yeah, time. Yeah, I think so, too. So far, it's been fun. Yeah. So, in our first episode, we are going to talk about Billy Graham, the man, the myth, the legend. The Protestant Pope. God's ambassador. Uh, so I could probably do a better job of explaining that than I just did. <laughs> Listen to the episode. It's our first, it's our first, first feature length episode where we get to dive into his life and talk about his influence. Um, that even if he's not maybe the worst of the worst, that there's something important in his life that is worth examining, especially in the culture of evangelicalism in America and more broadly, the Christian influence in in the Republican Party. Yeah. Yeah. So join us next week as we introduce our first episode. Um, We'll be talking about Billy Graham and sharing some dumb facts that we learned along the way. It's a real good time. Yeah. Um, And so we can end this episode the way that we end all episodes. With a very special greeting that we learned. I was going to say, a song. (laughs) Uh, Well, peace be with you, Maddie. Peace be with you, Ellen. Deuces. Bye.